we pray, Lord, that we would know more of your heart today. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that we could know a little bit more of your heart toward us, a little bit more of who you are, that you come a little bit more into focus in our lives, that we could draw a little bit closer to you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. You can grab a seat. And amen, if you like, you know, people, some, you might, we say everybody said amen, but you might be hearing, like, why did everybody say amen? Amen just means yes, let it be so. And it's just something we say to kind of say, you know what, we're, we're with this, we're with this. You know, this morning I want to, uh, it's been kind of a cool uh, Christmas vibes kind of morning, hasn't it? And, uh, and so thinking about kind of Christmas and obviously the message and the, the gift of God's son, I, I, you know, one of the things that will be on all our kind of radars, maybe to different degrees for for all of us is uh, is gifts and presents this year. And I was thinking about a few, you know, every year there's like different kind of really popular gifts and they'll be like really, you know, kind of the hot thing or the it thing that year. I was uh, reminded of uh, several years back when the Xbox 360 came out. Uh, I, I think we might have a photo of that if anybody remembers the old uh, Xbox 360. I remember that year uh, I was in the States around Thanksgiving time and uh, there, the holiday after Thanksgiving, the, the sort of next one is called Black Friday. And it's when everything goes on sale, electronics and all kinds of stuff. It's where, you know, kind of people, they, you know, trample over one another for like a blender. You know, it's that, that kind of day. And, uh, and I remember that night, I'd never gone out early in the morning. The shops all open at like 5 in the morning, that kind of thing. And I went out with my brother, two brothers-in-law and a, a bunch of us. We decided to get up at 4 in the morning because this had just come out. I don't even really play video games, but it was like, this is kind of fun, the thrill of the hunt, you know. Let's see if we can track down one of these Xbox 360s. And so we got up at 3 or 4 and drove. We got to Best Buy, which is kind of like good guys, by like 5 a.m. And we were already like 200 people deep, you know. It's freezing outside. It's pitch black. Uh, the sun doesn't shine for months at a time in that part of America. Just kidding. It's not quite that bad, but it's, it's bleak in the winter there. And, uh, and so we got there and in line, and, you know, of course, by the time doors even open, they're all gone. We tried a couple more shops. They were reselling for sort of triple the cost, uh, you know, on eBay. So, yeah, if you want to pay, you know, 1000 or or 1200 or whatever, you could get it. But, you know, the thing that was uh, funny to me was a few years back, I was at uh, Tamala Park. Anybody enjoy going to the park? And, um, and so I was at Tamala Park and walking through the, the shop there in the recycling area. And I saw an Xbox 360. And I'm like, wow, how far you have fallen, I said to it. I, I looked at it. And it looked back at me sadly. It was just really, it was quite a moment. And I was like, once upon a time, I know. And it was like on an Xbox One and all. And so... Um, you know, but you know, it's just funny, like these gifts, we'll all be often thinking about gifts and thinking about presents. And so much of what we will think about or so much of what we will plan around or even think is a big deal uh, will soon really fade to be just completely yesterday's news, right? It'll be stuff we forget. It'll be stuff we don't even, you know, think much about anymore. And the, the great message, and, and some of you may be new to church or don't normally come, the great message of Christmas is that God gave us a gift that, in fact, instead of fading into obscurity a few years later, it's now 2,000 years since the first Christmas, and all history is divided as before this moment and after it. The gift of Jesus Christ. And for some of us, we know that and we believe that and we hold that. But at Christmas, we have to fight to actually keep our eyes and minds and our hearts wrapped around that. 
And so I want us just to reflect a little bit on the greatest gift of all this morning. I want us just to reflect as we come into the season. What it means that, that God gave us his son. Because if we're honest as well, like it's cool and we can even say it. And it's like, wow, that's wonderful. That's great. But it also can be a little bit weird. Like what does this really mean that God gave us his son? What is this all about? And I want to read to you. Uh, a passage that was written, you know, hundreds of years before Jesus was born by a prophet, a guy who was, had God reveal some things to him. His name was Isaiah, and he wrote this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He said, to, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, this verse says it kind of so simply and so clearly that to us, to people, to humanity, to the world, a, a child is born, a son is given. You know, wrap your mind around this. Of all the things God, the great creator of all the universe, could give us, he says, the best thing, the one thing, the thing I'm going to give you that all history will revolve around is giving us his son, Jesus. And, and God himself, and, and, and we come to understand that he is no ordinary child. He is the everlasting father. Though he stepped into our world, he was before our world and after it as well. This verse reminds that of all the things God could have given us, he gave us the gift of him, his, his very self, his presence with us. You know, these simple verse right here. It reminds us of some things that, that I think are helpful this time of year. It reminds us that uh, from God's perspective, relationship is better than rules. Think about this for a moment. Of all the things God could have given us, he could have just sent that. You know, if God just wanted to kind of fix the world or rescue the world, uh, he could have just sent down a rule book or he could have had it appear uh, under our tree each year. He could have just sent us a list of rules saying, you know, this is what, you know, life's about and what you should do and how you can fix the mess you're in. Here's the rule book, and if you'll just follow it, then, uh, then you'll get there in the end. But God, by giving us himself, the gift of his very presence, that God would take on human flesh and, and walk among us so that we could know him. God, it's like, he's like, no, what is better than just signing some rules to live by is a relationship with me. That, that he would take on human flesh so we could relate to him and actually know him. Sometimes we think that the Bible, maybe you've even been told that the Bible, well, that's what the Bible is. It's a rule book. The Bible is not a rule book. It's not, I've heard sometimes that it's like an instruction manual for life. And I get the idea there's some good instruction in there. But if it's an instruction manual, it's probably the hardest instruction manual to figure out. Apart from a couple of Ikea particular products that are right up there. But if you look at it like it's just going to give you instructions, to be honest, you'll always kind of find it a little bit difficult to make sense of. Because what it is is not an instruction manual. It's a story that points us to a person that we are to know. It all points us that God was becoming one of us because we were never going to work it out from what God wanted. He didn't want us just to get some rules right. He wanted to be in relationship with us. Relationship is so much better than rules. You know, I can remember 
gifts as a kid, and one of our favorite traditions was when our whole family would gather on Christmas Eve at my Aunt Donna's house, and all the cousins, and the aunts, and the uncles, and, and grandma, and grandfather, everyone's there. There's, you know, the, the, the old people would sit at the table while us young ones were at a card table that was distinctly shorter, and they would talk about boring things, and we would talk about exciting things, and and then after you go to like the, the big living room where there's not enough chairs and everybody's on the floor. And every year my grandma would always get just little gifts for everyone, you know. And there's so many people. And there's just these little, little tiny gifts. And she would give them, you know, to everybody from the oldest to the youngest. And you would get this little gift. And they would be things like, you know, uh, they're just small, simple gifts. In fact, you know what? I literally cannot remember a single one of those presents. I can't remember what it was, but I remember the relationships. And you remember the relationships, don't you? You remember the people in those moments. Relationships are what life is about. God, he created us for relationships. You know, this Christmas, it is helpful to be reminded again for all of us, whatever we believe about faith, that you know what's going to last is going to be the relationships and the people that you spend time with or that you're around, maybe they're friends, maybe they're family, who, maybe it will be neighbors, whoever it is. But what matters in this life is relationships. Why God didn't give us a rule book, he, he gave us himself. You know, this, this passage it reminds us as well that, that having a guide is better than guessing. And here's what I mean by that. You know, it, it, we're told God, he, he steps in. He becomes one of us so we could know him, so we could relate to him, so we could uh, get to know God. And it tells us that one of his names, it gives all these names for God. And they're not just names like, you know, they're names that speak to his character. They're names that speak to who he is, to what he's like. And the first, uh, you know, name that's given here is that this child, Jesus, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. That, that Jesus, this is who he is and wants to be in our life. It may feel weird. How could we kind of know this, you know, God who's invisible, but who God wants to be in your life is a wonderful counselor. Wonderful, awe-inspiring. He's no ordinary counselor. He's perfect. He's, he's miraculous. It speaks to the majesty and the just amazing wonder of who God is. And he's also a counselor. He's a helper. He's someone who wants to speak into our lives. When Jesus uh, kind of left this world and ascended to heaven after he had risen from the dead, he says, I'm going to send you a counselor, the gift of the Holy Spirit, God's presence now to dwell within each one of us as we come to Christ. And we're told his spirit is like the counselor, it's the helper, it's someone who's going to come alongside you. Do you know this Christmas God wants to come alongside you? He wants to, he's for you. He wants to lead you on some good paths. You know, I'm so grateful that God is a, a wonderful counselor in my life that I can start each day going to him in prayer and, and going, you know what, Lord, I need you to help me through this day and help lead me. And I'm trying to work out what to do here and how to be a better father there or a better husband or, or whatever it may be. But, Lord, would you show me and help me to know how to do that and where you want me to go. This is who God wants to be in our lives, a wonderful counselor. You know, and, and, and this is the thing. He chose to become a person Rather than, than, again, just sort of leave us guessing. What's life about? What should I do? And, and what's the purpose of all of it? And what do I do with the things I feel like I've done wrong? And how do I figure out? You know, God doesn't say to us, you just got to guess your way through life. He says, I want to be a, a guide, a counselor, a wonderful counselor in your life. 
I remember when we had some guests visiting from the States years ago, uh, had some people over, and we took them to Kings Park. And, and uh, you know, they, I, I'd been there lots of times at that point, but went there, and, and they had these walking tours. I don't know if they still do them, but free walking tours. Anybody ever done one of those uh, down at Kings Park? I mean, I've been there lots of times, and I was like, I know what, you know, is here, and I could probably tell our, our, our friends, you know, about all the different uh, things that you find in a park, like the grass and the sidewalk, or as we call it, the footpath, you know. So I knew a lot of the different things in Kings Park. And, um, but we went on this walking tour guide, and I was amazed at how having a guide there, they saw stuff that I had never seen. You know, they're pointing out this flower and that flower and the whole history of it. And, you know, it was like I was, we were trying to walk from here to there, and you're like, you were clearly passionate about plants because between here and, like, that tree was like a, a universe worth of plants for us to explore and to hear about and, and, and to look. And so we kind of went from here to there, and we're like, that was a, that was a great tour. Thank you. And, um, but it's been two hours, and we have to go now. And, um, but, you know, this is the amazing thing about a guide. If you've ever been somewhere with a guide, you see stuff you would have never seen before. You know why Jesus wants to be a wonderful counselor in life? He wants you to see stuff you've never seen before. It's too easy to kind of walk through life and we think we've seen it all or we think we know what's going on. But this is who Jesus wants to be in your life. Wonderful counselor. A guide to walk with him. You know, and, and I love this um, names as they go on. It says, and he is, will be called, you know, Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. You know, this verse... It, it, Think about this for one moment, that Isaiah would write this. Isaiah was a Jewish prophet. He was a part of the, the, the Jewish people and the Jewish religion who were like the, the first and most kind of like passionately monotheistic re religion that's really kind of known about. That's just a big word that means they believed there was one God. And, and, and you know, thousands of years ago, that was a new and it was a revolutionary idea. And, that, and God had revealed himself that there, I, there is one God. I am the creator. I made it all. And he was revealing himself through these people in this world. And Isaiah comes out of that faith, that worldview, that background. And yet somehow he begins to speak these words that a child will be born, a son will be given, and he will be called mighty God, everlasting father. Prince of Peace, how could a child that's born be the eternal, everlasting father? God was writing this story, and all these things are existing to point us, to help us understand that the mighty God who created everything was becoming this child. And we begin to realize that what we needed more than anything, what Jesus came to be was not a good teacher, was not to give us an instruction manual, was not to just say, here's some rules, go follow them. What we needed was a savior. And Christmas reminds us and, and is the opportunity to remind us that, that we have been given a Savior. And a Savior is so much better than second chances. You know, it, it, we, we're never going to get there. You know, all the things we see wrong or broken or flawed in our world, we're never going to fix those by just going, you know what, let's just have another go. Let's just give me a second chance. And, and, and what we realized, like we were never going to, like a rule book wasn't going to cut it. And if we just had the right rules, then suddenly we'd be able to, most of the time we know what the right thing is to do. The challenge isn't usually knowing what's the right thing to do. The challenge is doing it, right? What we need is not 
more chances. What God knew we needed was a Savior. And so this son who is given, this child who's born, the greatest gift of all is the gift of a Savior, of someone who has come to rescue us. The almighty God who made it all. No one else has the qualifications needed to rescue us. Certainly not us. Only the mighty God, the everlasting father, could actually rescue us. And so the story, the gift of this child is that this is God stepping into this world to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. To rescue us. He is mighty God. All powerful. All time. All eternal. All perfect. He is mighty God. And he is everlasting father. His his feelings towards you are feelings of love and of, of concern for you. He's the perfect father. Always has been. And he is the prince of peace. He longs to bring peace in your life. Peace here is not even just the, sort of the absence of conflict. The, the idea of peace is when everything is right and in its proper place. When people are, are in right relationship with their creator. And with one another. And where everything finds its proper place in this world. This is who Jesus is. He is almighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. He's the greatest gift of all. And he's been given to us. Can I encourage you, you know, this Christmas in the midst of all the gifts and things that we'll share or plan or look at or do. Fight for what it takes to realize this is, this moment, this time of year, this is a, a moment to, to celebrate, of course, but we celebrate because God has given us the greatest gift of all, a son. A, a child has been born, given unto us, who will be a wonderful counselor, who is mighty God, who is everlasting father, who is prince of peace. And the greatest thing we can do, even this time of year, is to be intentional about cultivating. If what God wanted, if what he gave was the gift of relationship, the gift of himself, becoming like us so we could connect with him, relate to him, know him. If that's what he wanted, then the thing for us to do is to cultivate what it looks like to be in relationship with God. To, to actually go, I am going to... Focus intentionally on cultivating a relationship with God. And again, that can sometimes seem maybe a little strange or weird, but it's the most wonderful thing in the world. Do you know, when I and my wife, Lisa, when we were uh, just dating and uh, in the very early days, we were living in different parts of, of the United States. I was living in New York, and I was going to, to school there, to, to seminary. She was living in Indiana. She was a teacher there. And we were dating long distance. And this was in the... Uh, early days of the, the telegraph system. And um, I was actually, wait, it was a couple generations. It was the early days of mobile phones. I mean, real early days. There was no such thing as text messaging. So, you know, all the, all the crew were like, you know, long distance, no problem, just FaceTime. You know, like there was, there weren't even TVs. And um, so it was, it was early 2000, 2001. It was literally the first mobile phone I'd ever had. She had the first one she would ever had. Um, and, uh, and 
because we, I used to live in one state, and then I'd move to another. Back in, in those days, there was this thing called, like, roaming was a big deal. Do you remember roaming and kind of how all that worked? It was like, and, and the way it worked where we lived anyway, um, you still get sometimes international roaming's problem. But the way, way it worked was sort of like if you stayed within sort of a circle around where you were from, you made phone calls, no problem. But if you left that circle, then all of a sudden uh, phone calls became sort of like $500 a minute. And so um, I had moved, you know, three states over. And we were living long distance, and so we, were, we would talk on the phone. Like, we would just talk and talk and talk and talk, and we would talk about all kinds of different things. And because you're long distance, there's nothing else you can do, so you just talk. And then we, we would talk sometimes for hours at a time. And then the, the end of the very first month came, and I got my mobile phone bill. And it was a number bigger than I'd ever seen on a bill before. And it was, it was actually, it was, it was like $560 for one month. And now that, and this was again, this was uh, years and years ago. And it was a, and I was a poor seminary student. And I saw this bill and I, I was, um, I used some other words they find you for in those days. And I just couldn't believe it. And, you know, and, and I was just like, I can't believe it. Because to me, that was an amount of money you spent on a car. You know, like I thought, $500, yeah, that's what you buy a car with. And then they were like, no, that's a month of your bill. And anyways, so I, I called, and I remember telling Lisa at the time, I was so distraught about it, and she's like, are you saying I'm not worth this? You know, anyway, so all, all I can advise you is if you ever end up in a similar situation, just, to, you know, communicate that, you know, uh, if the bill was $3,000, it would have been worth it. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to be a, a helpful counselor, you know, maybe not quite one of that, but I remember I ended up calling the company, and I, I literally begged and pleaded with the lady on the phone, and she told me if you sign your life away, like in blood, to our company for the rest of your life, then I'll knock all that down for you. But you have to be a customer with us literally forever. And um, thankfully, they got bought the next year. But um, the, the thing about that, you know, you know why we would talk so much and, and, and spend so much time just talking and talking and talking and talking? Because... There was nothing else to do when you have that kind of distance. You just talk. You talk and you talk and you talk. You know what's too easy now when you live in the same state or the same city or the same house is it's possible to be next to someone in very close proximity to someone but not cultivate actual relationship with that someone. Do you know, it can be too easy to go, one of the things that was so great about being long distance, we could never just go, hey, let's put on a movie tonight. We could never go, hey, I wonder if they'll invent something where we could watch all kinds of movies at home someday in the future. And maybe TV shows as well. And we could sit and watch them. Nobody even thought of that. But it's too easy to sit down and go, well, let's just put something on. You can be in close proximity to somebody and do very little to cultivate knowing that person. Am I right? And what I want to encourage you with this Christmas is don't just be in close proximity to the son who was given. Be very intentional to cultivate that relationship. You may be someone who you, you are you're here, you normally come to church, your faith in Christ, you come week after week after week. This Christmas, you know, don't let the familiarity of what's happened keep you from intentionally cultivating that relationship. 
Don't sing songs. You know, when we sing and we worship him, there's always two ways. And one is to just kind of read the words on the screen and to just roll with it. And the other is to let something of the magnitude and the power of that soak into your mind, into your heart, and to sing it from a place of gladness and joy and praise and, and worship. You know, to, to fight that through all the different things that will happen, you set time aside to sit and not just kind of, Oh, I was there, I was in close proximity at church or at a carols or here or there. No, 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 I'm actually cultivating prayer in my life. You know, you might be someone who you like, I don't know, I don't go to church, I don't know, maybe it's all, or is this really who Jesus is? You know what you can do? You can begin to cultivate going, okay, maybe this is who God is. What would it look like to approach him as, as a wonderful counselor in my life? Just to begin with simple prayers, you don't need to... Feel like you got to say fancy things, but every one of us can cultivate to start to go, you know what, God, you tell me you're a wonderful counselor. Would you help lead me today? Lead me through my life. Jesus, you know, God, it, it says, Jesus, you are everlasting father. Uh, would you help me to know that you love me? I don't know what that will look like, but God, could you help me to actually begin to know that, experience that? You know, our, our church is called True North, and that's because we believe any one of us at any time can turn. There's only one true north in this world, and that's God. He is unfixed. He is, he is fixed. He is unchanging. He is the one thing in life we can set our lives by. And any one of us from anywhere can turn at any given moment and say, God, I want to I know you more. I, I want to begin to orient my life around you. I want you to, to be my savior. I want you to be my wonderful counselor. And every one of us can choose to cultivate that. You know, the team's going to come back up, and we are going to sing uh, one of the great Christmas worship songs, uh, Joy to the World. And we've had a lot of joy this morning. We celebrated a lot of things. And what we're going to do to finish out our service is to sing these words, Joy to the World. And as we do that, can I encourage you this morning, uh, make it more than just a song. Make it a celebration. Let some of the words and the richness kind of wash over you. Be reminded that this is who God is. This is what Christmas is about. Unto us a child is born. A son is given. And his name is Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. And every one of us can know him in our own lives that way. Would you stand up? And we're going to take a moment. I want to pray. I want to lead us in a prayer just before we sing. And I want to give you a moment to just maybe in the quiet of your own heart, say to him what you need to say to him today to start to cultivate that relationship. And maybe it's really asking him to help, help you this Christmas season to make that priority intentional. Maybe it's just saying to him for the first time, I want to know you as mighty God, as I want to know you as Savior. I want to know you as Wonderful Counselor. But just take a moment in the quiet of your own heart. Just pray the simplest prayer that you need to pray today. Lord, today we celebrate the Son that has been given. We celebrate the victories you came to win, the freedom you have brought for every one of us and for all creation. And we pray that, Lord, we might 
honor you and worship you and celebrate you today. May we understand in fresh ways who you are and all that you have done. And we pray it in the name of Jesus, our Savior who has come. Amen. Amen. Let's sing joy to the world. That is what we're going to sing, right? Am I right? Yeah, that is right. <laughs> that have been a shame, been awkward. Celebrate it. Think about these words, the reality, let it wash over you. Let's spend some time.